Welcome to this podcast brought to you by Mallee Sustainable Farming and Agriculture Victoria from the MSF Research Update at Lake Cullalarain in February 2020. Forward planning does not necessarily mean deciding what to do. It means deciding where the decision points are that you're going to make and what the options are. That's the view of consultant agronomist Rob Norton who join me in the MSF podcast studio to discuss how understanding your soils is crucial in forming those decision points. Well, I suppose the first point is uh, what's done is done. We can't do anything about uh, the past. What we've got to look to do is to plan for the future. And that planning really needs information. And so the second point is you need to know what your soil's doing. And so soil testing is critical to know what nutrients are there, what subsoil limitations are there. And the third point is, uh, with the rain that's been through some of this part of the Mallee, we've got to think about weed control. We've been given this water, we don't want to waste it uh, by letting weeds grow. So the third point is, uh, keep the resources that we've already got. Just on that third point there, in terms of weed control, there must be a fine line too. Yes, obviously they're robbing you of resources, yep. but soil management is also a big part of this picture as well. And it's, the, it's one of the big decisions um, about whether to control those weeds on paddocks that are likely to blow again or whether to leave them there and help hold the surface. In reality, I think controlling the weeds is probably more important than trying to preserve what's there. You know, It's not always likely that we'll get big dust storms, big soil erosion events now, uh, wind erosion. We may get water erosion events on some of the sloping land. But I think... Um, Getting rid of the, the weeds is probably more important than really conserve, worrying about the uh, uh, wind erosion. On that wind erosion point, you're saying that we, we've got to move into different weather patterns now, so you think the big blows are done? Is that, is that what, what your feeling is? Well, very difficult. it's very difficult to predict the future. Yeah, well, <laughs> in, indeed. That's why I asked yeah. the question. I just... um, you know, it's a judgment that growers have to make on their own feeling, you know, whether their bunions are hurting or whatever's <laughs> happening. You know, they have to make that decision on, the, um, on whether they think they'd like to preserve that moisture more or whether they think that uh, another blow is going to come and um, uh, move a bit more soil around. So I can't make that decision for them, but the decision is there's a decision point they have to make. And most growers, I think, are spraying out. On your first point, what's done is done. Is is at the heart of that business planning and also letting go what's happened? You can't look backwards and try and unmake a decision that you made, you know, last spring or last autumn. All that gives you is anxiety and really the... Anxiety in farming often is a, is a major issue because we're always at the mercy of the weather and the markets and politics, etc. So the moral is worry about something you can do something about. And really, you can't do anything about uh, the wind erosion that's occurred. You can maybe clear some tracks off, but really, you've got to look to the future, look forward in terms of the decisions you can make. And those decisions are about the crops you can select and the fertilisers and uh, agronomic programs you can use. I read a quote of yours saying losing just one millimetre of topsoil can result in up to 6% yield loss. So is one of your messages about forward planning? Absolutely. And forward planning doesn't necessarily mean deciding what to do. It means deciding where the decision points are that you're going to make So, and what the options are. You can't make a decision with no information. And most of our agronomic decisions rely on when the rain comes, um, what the soil test values are, what the disease status is, what our financial position is. So there are decision points that need to be made 
and you'd like to make them with some information. So knowing about what sort stored waters in the soil, knowing what fertility levels are in the soil, that's critical information on which the decisions can be made. You're still having trouble getting that message out, though, that you need more information, not less? I think growers are really sponges for information. Um, A lot of information actually doesn't translate to knowledge and a lot of knowledge doesn't relate to decisions. So I think the key thing sort of as a scientist is actually to try and frame things in terms of what the decisions are and what the knowledge is needed to support those decisions. So in terms of some of those decisions and knowledge, what are some of the things that you've been talking about today? One of them is about nitrogen status. What's the nitrogen status of the paddock? Each paddock is going to be different. Each part of the paddock is going to be different. The dunes are going to be different to the swales. And the data we've got from uh, the soil testing program shows that there's significant amounts of nitrogen in the profiles, enough at least for a two-tonne wheat crop. So that information helps us understand that really we can defer a decision about nitrogen until in crop. So that's one of the examples of how we can use the information from soil testing to uh, make a decision about fertiliser management. If the season becomes, you know, if the yield potential is more than two tonnes, with nitrogen we're lucky, we can go back in and top dress, add additional nitrogen. And I think one of the key things that I'm mentioning in my talk is that use a test strip across the field. So put a strip of nitrogen out at seeding and just see what the responses are and use that as a gauge to whether the crop needs more or less. That's a long-term thing, though, as well, I'd assume, in terms of, you know, it's not just this crop, but that's going to give you a better gauge of what's going on in your paddock in the long term. Uh, Yeah, that's true, but, I mean, there's always a short-term and a long-term view. The short-term view is we've got to make this year as good as we can. Uh, The long-term view is uh, using nitrogen in these environments here, largely preserved from year to year. We did some farm surveys through through the Mallee in 2014 to 2016, looking at nutrient balances in in paddocks. One of the things we found was that um, a lot of farms were removing twice as much nitrogen as was being added with fertilisers and legumes. So those paddocks are running down soil organic matter, which is the sponge which holds nitrogen and then provides nitrogen. So there's a long-term view about nitrogen management, which goes to rotations, and then there's a short-term view about supplementing deficiencies with um, fertiliser nitrogen. I understand from some of your work also that there was a result in terms of nitrogen that you found that the, the level of nitrogen following a dry can often be underestimated. Absolutely, yeah. Um, nothing's been removed. Nitrogen processes, mineralisation from the previous spring can still be there. Fertiliser nitrogen in dry environments can largely be preserved from one season to the next if we've had a dry summer and a, a dry spring. The big issue uh, with Nitrogen is the potential losses. Where we get the losses would be if we get a really a flooding, a high level of uh, rainfall causing ponding and so forth. That causes denitrification, which causes the nitrate to be turned into nitrogen gas, and so it's lost. And that's one of the main pathways that under warm, moist soils with high organic carbon, we can get a lot of nitrogen lost. I'm not sure that would be the situation up here. Um, the soils are a lot lighter so they don't get waterlogged but what can happen with nitrogen in those situations with a high summer rain is it can be leached to uh, below uh, the root zone. I read an article and it said obtaining professional advice to interpret soil test results is critical to maximising yield potential by ensuring the optimum fertiliser program is put in place for your soils. Do producers get soil tests done but don't then get professional help 
trying to interpret those and, and apply those? Yeah, I think sometimes uh, you know, growers will, will have a soil test done. They get the results back and they really don't know how to interpret them. And that's where you know, FERT care accredited advisors come in and that's the, the standard for interpreting nutrient information, soil test information into fertiliser decisions. And that's where the, you know, I mentioned about information to knowledge to decisions is important. That's where you know, the soil test is information. It gives the, the, the advisor can give some knowledge and then that's where the decision can be made based on that knowledge. So I think that link is important, having people who are experienced across a wide range of situations to look at that data and provide an interpretation. And it's always good to have a second or third opinion about these things. So use a couple of advisors, talk to the neighbour about what their soil tests look like and what they're going to do. So I think there's running that information off across a few people is always good, but certainly having an accredited advisor is very important. Following this dry period, is the nitrogen and water, which is further down, going to be easily accessible for a crop? I think the, the key to understanding that is to know, again, a bit more about your soil. So in a lot of the Mallee, there's uh, subsoil limitations, uh, which are, can be sodicity, which is high levels of sodium. There can also be salinity, and there can also be levels of boron in the subsoil that are toxic. And the consequence of that is that even though we might measure you know, 100 kilograms of nitrogen in the top 60 centimetres, if the root zone stops at 30, then the bottom half of that uh, 60 centimetres is not accessible. So actually understanding your subsoil limitations helps you uh, manage nitrogen, manage uh, the crop, select the crop that's appropriate to the salinity or the sodicity or the boron levels, and you know, make an informed decision about uh, the management of that part of the paddock. In nutrition programs, is, is there anything being missed? Well, I think, you know, we again, coming from our surveys, uh, I think micronutrients need to be addressed, particularly we've always known in the Mallee that zinc's important. On alkaline soils, zinc is less, less available, is less there. And that came home pretty solidly when, when I looked at the results from these soil tests that Dr Mason's been involved with. And a large number of those come back with low zinc values. So thinking about using zinc-supplemented fertilisers going into, into this year uh, would be a good, good management decision. But again, you can make that decision based on information uh, which can come from a soil test. The core of what you do is agronomically focused. But I read a quote of yours uh, a while ago and it says, remember your family and community and those who you love. If you or those around you are struggling, seek help. Is this something that's becoming more and more present to you or obvious to you through the current dry times? I think the problem with depression in farming communities and farmers is a thing that's hardly talked about, but it's probably, of all the issues in in agriculture, you know, farmer depression and suicides are not talked about and they should be talked about because farming is a human activity, it's a stressful activity, and, you know, that you need to be supporting your neighbours and yourself, You, you need support the reason you're there is your family. You need to your family needs to support you, and you know old mate next door who you mightn't have seen for a couple of weeks. Uh, whip over there and borrow something off him just to see how he's going, or take something back that you borrowed three months ago. You know that that's the thing. Just check on each other. I think country people are really good at that, but we get so busy we assume things are right, and they might not be. So it's it's your family that and yourself that needs to be managed and looked after as much as if your land. Rob, I'm also wondering, often blokes in particular are reluctant to go down that path, but 
There must be a very clear economic component to that. I, if you are in a dark place, that must make it difficult to make those rational economic decisions. So it almost becomes a business reality as well. Oh, absolutely. And when depression strikes, uh, things aren't normal. Things don't look normal. And uh, your ability to make rational decisions, your ability to, and not necessarily economic decisions, because not all farming decisions are purely economic and might be a social component to it. And sometimes, you know, you just need that need to reflect with others about what's happening and seek help, you know. The, the initials are, are you OK? That, that become important to just ask each other, are you OK? I think that that's a fantastic message to leave this on. Dr Rob Norton, thank you for joining me in the Mallee Sustainable Farming studio today and all the best for the work ahead. Thanks, Drew. Thank you.